What's that pig doing here? If we start using lard, no one will ever know the difference. Lard? In hydrox? Sunshine will continue to use only pure vegetable shortening in hydrox. Anyone can taste the difference between this and a cookie made with lard. Mansfield, mm -hmm. turn in your uniform. We use pure vegetable shortening. Sunshine tastes better and you can prove it. I want to get back on uh, Rainbow Six Siege with you, man. They Apparently, they oh, like, retooled the entire game. It's like amazing now. I mean, I mean, it was it was amazing before we sucked at it. You know, we were terrible. We're still bad, but now oh, it's like it's way I'm more stuff. Actually, worse because I've been playing Outer Worlds, so now I'm gonna like try and loot everything and just get shot. These guys got stuff. Uh <laughs> guess that's not a thing. Yeah, those days. Were, I wish you'd been there for that, Ken. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Are you are you are you by the door? Ready? Ready? Go go. Oh, you didn't go yet. <laughs> I'm getting shot up. Where are you? We would just every time we're sitting next to each other and just turn the wrong way every time. Your left, my left. No, your left. Oh crap! We're looking the wrong way. Like just. <laughs> I remember. I distinctly remember one of our missions was um, you had to like kill 50, 50 hostile or fifty bad guys or something like that, and Pat died in the first twenty seconds. So the kill count was one for Pat. 49 for me. So Pat's oh, the next. You didn't, you didn't beat it. You got to 47. Well, yeah. We I, beat I, I it wish the I, next turn. I wish well, I had help. Yeah. I, that's fair. Um, I believe it was Murder Town where you did that yeah. to me and I had to, to fight my way through. Not nearly as well. I didn't get nearly as close, but it was like, oh, you're dead. Oh. The okay. name says it all. I'm just going to start throwing grenades everywhere. <laughs> Only way to go. All right. All right. So um, I did an overview, um, as I tend to do sometimes. Mm -hmm. um, this photo montage is for something else. I copy and paste it, so I have to change that out. But anyway, the stuff underneath is actually relevant, though. And I was, uh, I had kind of brought up some, um, I guess, uh, historicals on some of the stuff that was happening. Uh, at least starting with the 80s. And one of the big things, you know, that we saw trends-wise, because I guess 70s were what they called the experimental phase of filmmaking. Mm -hmm. But they said that when you start getting into the 80s, that's when the, the birth of the blockbuster started coming about, like where studios were really concentrating their money and spending marketing budgets and then weighing out what those were as far as like creative sequels, uh, how, how much, the, like how big the revenue difference had to be between like what they considered a good movie, like in the 70s, you can be like, oh, this movie made 13 million on like a $600,000 budget or something like that. But when they got to the 80s, it started becoming, um, you know, we spent 111, 111 million or whatever, and we want to see a, a great return or something like that. I guess it, I guess they were shorter than so 75 million. Yeah. Cream, you sound a little echoey. Oh, okay. Let me see. Uh, how's that? Much better. But yeah, yeah. Okay. So yeah, is it turned um, around the right way? It, yes. Okay. It just had to be closer to me. Cool. Um, but yeah, so that was uh, one of the things I brought up. Um, the other thing was the transition uh, from the seventies. I guess they weren't huge on. They were, you know, more crime dramas and things like that. I guess we started in the eighties getting sci-fi as uh, as a growing genre. Uh, so, you know, you get stuff like Alien, 
Alien, I guess, and some other things like that that were considered uh, blockbusters as well, but became kind of a genre of itself that people can be like, oh, we're going to spend money into this. Mad Max became a big thing. E.T. was also big. Return of the Jedi. So, you know, space and aliens and uh, post-apocalyptic became um, things that people, directors could start exploring. And then Rite of Passage movies, which were uh, kind of like the uh, Karate Kid, Risky Business, The Big Chill, Stand By Me. Like Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Flashdance was kind of one. Ferris Bueller's could... Day Off is a is a tour de force of mental health concerns. <laughs> it really is. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Footloose would also be there, I would imagine. Uh, Rite of Passage? Uh, yeah. I don't know, because yeah. he was already kind of like... Dirty Dancing. But the, the town came to like a, uh, like he did, like, okay, okay. I guess I'm just like putting in kind of slice of life kind of in that vein. And it's like, there's no like Mac, like huge, I'm going off topic now, I guess. But, no, no, this, this um, is still within topic because we're talking about so, the 80s. What's the name of the podcast? Come on. Yeah, exactly. This thing is off topic. <clears throat> Uh, I think when the, I think that more of at least this definition, which was pulled from uh, Wikipedia, is kind of a trends and stuff, was that it's you know mostly indiv- like a focused on people and usually a small group, if not individuals, going from one from the beginning of a movie as one thing and moving into another. I think it flash dance. What you said, flash dance was it? Mm-hmm. Uh, oh no, he said dirty dancing. Dirty dancing and dirty dancing. I guess she, yeah, I guess you're right. I guess she counts as it. Like, he doesn't really. No, no, she's coming of age. He, or no, yeah, right you're passage. right. He's, he's a pervert. Yeah, you're, you're right. He actually is. <laughs> he's, a, he's a creepy dude that, that in the 80s, that was acceptable. And then the uh, formula, how do you say formulaic? Form- formulaic. That's correct. Formulaic. Yeah. Uh, co- uh, comedies. So I guess the 70s had some more off the wall, like uh, uh, expectation kind of comedies really kind of on the nose ones. And then you, if we get into uh, that airplane was very subtle, <laughs> very restrained, very, yeah, <laughs> we get more stuff like, uh, you know, the way they break up the acts and uh, uh, focus on the comedians themselves. So you get stuff like uh, comedians in black and ghostbusters, Beverly Hills cop. Um, I think it's uh, what is it? Uh, airplane, three men and a baby. Where you you know that you ha- you're I guess you tell the audience you have a funny man this is going to be a funny movie and then you kind of put some circumstances around it and that becomes your formula uh, and you know we see it kind of growing into movies we have today as far as comedies are concerned so those are like just some of the things I wanted to kind of note as we go through this to see if we see if we you know if these are the reasons why some of these things were influential to us like the first time seeing like this type of format or this type of film or this type of direction stuff like that yeah. And then, uh, then I pulled into just some of the business aspects of um, stuff that happened, uh, especially early on in the '80s, because that's you know that's where we're starting most of this conversation, and we'll see it kind of uh, Reaganomics its way back down to all the movies <laughs> we watch now. Uh, you know, just talking about how, uh, like I said, we talked about blockbusters, so the emergence of larger studios and conglomerates kind of coalescing is you don't have. Um, small directors of small films anymore where you have stuff that's coming from United Artists. Uh, 20th Century Fox becomes a big player, Paramount, MCA, Universal, Walt Air Disney. Uh, uh, I trailed off talking about new technologies and it was just basically uh, cable TV being big, 
Uh, think... The new sounds like THX. Remember those that's... intros oh. to movies? <laughs> but I think that's really important because, you know, kind of the reason my first two movies that I chose to discuss, part of the reason I even got to see them much too young is because of new technology. It's because of VHS and the rise of Blockbuster or in our case in Podunk, Antelope Valley, major video. Blockbuster didn't get there to a little later on. Video land, Tustin, California. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Don't go behind the double doors. You're not allowed. It's for adults. I just have to go to the bathroom real quick. I'm just going to go by and then look to the left and right for just a moment or two, because quite frankly, I'm still the I'm still. Yeah, I still you're wandering in the adult section. I thought this is the bathroom. Well, no, because it was literally like you had to go past that section to get to the bathroom. This isn't where I left my car. (laughs) Weird. (laughs) They're like, you're nine. Uh huh. I'm in a little matchbox car. No. Yeah, I thought it was. And while you're in there, why don't you tell Tony to clean up? He he left a mess. (laughs) <laughs> uh, and last, last thing that you know, like I guess we, we talk about the emergence of HBO becoming kind of the. That's not TV. It's HBO. It's a home box <laughs> office. That's that's what it is. Basically, and they they they're, beca- they're shifting the the paradigm like Netflix sort of did, uh, where they come, you know uh, sort of democratize movies, or at least the way movies were were seen by you know kids like us. You know, it would have taken us you know years. Uh, you know, if not a decade to get to see the movies that we wanted to see, well, if they kept if they kept distributing it the way they they used to, and seeing it uncut, I think that is big because any movie we would have seen right, exactly would have been you know on basic cable and they would have cut out all the naughty words and naughty parts. But on HBO, man, show it there all. Was, there were so many movies where I'm like, wow, that changes a lot. You <laughs> know, there's Mr. Falcon. Yeah, that's the thing yeah. on, my, on my list is the like one of the we'll touch on like there's entire. I remember seeing that probably for the first time from my aunt's collection. And then we recorded it from TV for our own collection. And so there's a section where I didn't hit pause at the right time and then come back. So I have a little bit of commercial and then I have like a chunk of the movie. Like, but that was how I saw that movie for years. Cause I just would play that same cassette again and again. I yep. uh, love keeping commercial, try to try to time the commercials. Did you have, so my mom loved recording movies Mm-hmm. Um, but she also didn't want to buy a bunch of tapes. So she would record it on the fastest setting. So she had a VHS that had like nightmare on Elm street mm-hmm. one through four. And it's like barely viewable. It's all like, it's definitely on the fast, like, <laughs> like squiggly and the sounds a little off. And exactly- so there's, re- there's really no reason to record it at that point. No, no. I want to no. say like S S P L P and then yeah. EP. Yep. You're right. Yeah. I think EP was the worst, right? <clears throat> Extended play, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. That one had the the lowest quality, but the most amount of time. So you could you could have three movies on there. Yeah. And you're just like, yeah, this is my aunt had HBO and she had that stuff. So she had a library of movies. Mm. Like we didn't like, yeah, we had like you could go to her place and borrow them and it was great. I was watching a clip just the other day of something, and I'm like, how did we like seeing the way the quality of the of the of the footage? And I'm like, this is I know this is a bad quality, but what were we exposed to that we just didn't understand? Like, oh no, this is horrible quality. You can barely see make stuff out. But again, part of it too was probably the tube television and the way that it it presented that. No, image. no, no. Yeah. We watch we watch movies underwater. Okay, yeah, that's that's, yeah, that, that's, that, what, I, that's that what it felt like. It. In hindsight, so, that's what it felt like. Someone threw egg yolk in our eyes and said, "Go watch something." <laughs> <laughs> 
If I poke I, you in you... the eye right before and about every 15 minutes after. What's well, better in 3D? Uh, it's, <laughs> I remember uh, wanting to like, you know, being desperate because I was you know, a child. I didn't go buy tapes like my dad did. Uh, he would buy like, you know, the six packs or whatever like that. But he, you know, he, re- he recorded tons of sports. And I thought sports, you know, at the time recording sports was boring. Like you watch it live and it's done, but he wanted to record it and like, you know, watch your uncles and stuff back. So I would take tapes that I was desperate to watch movies on. I knew they were coming on and record over the games that I didn't think he would want to mm-hmm. want to see. That probably so you, ended poorly. Oh yeah. Especially when you go to see what they, when you forget which tape you recorded on, he's mm-hmm. watching the game and all of a sudden, you know, uh, I'm trying to think like Ghostbusters cuts in mm-hmm. halfway in, you know, it was bad because I my timing was horrible anyway. So it was like halfway through like the first 20 minutes of the movie, got a ton of commercials. And he was like, I'm sure he's like more upset. The fact that you're not, I mean, obviously recording over the game, but just like my son's an idiot. Could he record the movie? Right. (laughs) So not only I can't, I can't enjoy the game and I can't enjoy the movie. Exactly. He's doubly screwed me on this one. Yeah. (laughs) I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and blame him. Probably should take the time to show how to do it right. Yeah. I agree. You do yeah, one I agree. hand, one hand on the pause button, one with dick in your hand. What are you gonna do? You don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was always the like when you got comfortable in a movie, especially if they redid the uh, where they were front load the movie. Uh, so you'd watch like the first forty minutes commercial free, and you get comfortable, and then like the next you know hour was just every five minutes commercial. So you just kept to have to get up, get up. So you're like at some point you're like I'm just gonna let some commercials go. Yeah. yeah. Well, and then the awkward you could tell movies that were made for television presentation in mind and those that were not because there would be ones where there's no place to pause like for the commercial. So it's just like, God, midline next. Yeah. Or the best part is when like studios couldn't get or networks couldn't get the commercial buy-in for it. So you'd have the blackout right back into like fade into the same scene. You're like, I feel like it was a commercial that's supposed to be there. Yeah, yeah you you paused it and then you come back. You're like, wait, no, no, it's ready. Oh, God. Exactly. What did I do? You missed four minutes of, of actual movie. <laughs> That's probably just plot. Nobody cares. No, no. <laughs> and with that being said, do we want to jump into our list? Yeah. I mean, sure. it's a, a side note too. Who I would think like to be sacrificed first? There's oh, actually uh, one quick thing. I think there's a good note of maybe another time, another time we come back is going back and with those tapes, almost there's times where I wish we had recorded the commercials because they're kind of fun to look back on now. And like, oh yeah. Oh God. I, I remember Dunkaroos. Why is like, I wish I had that commercial. In, I, or, like, I was just, I was thinking the other day, like I've never, I haven't seen a Smacks commercial. Is that even a cereal anymore? The one with the frog, but I think yeah, I think it's still there. Yeah, yeah, I think it's still there. I, I feel like I haven't seen really legit, com- like animated commercials for cereals in a while, in a long while. Well, I mean, we don't watch broadcast television, so we don't see. Like, I just saw that there's. I we were watching something on some app, like Tubi or whatever, because it's mm-hmm. out there, and a commercial came out. I'm like, wow, there's a commercial for. For this, I'm like, I, I can't remember what it was now, so clearly it wasn't that good, but I was still surprised. Like, oh, they still, it's right here. That's crazy. And I was watching, I and again, I was on YouTube, and they're like, oh, look how look how McDonald's advertised to black people in the 90s. And that was a commercial. I'm like, oh, right. I, I, I mean, I'll, I'll let you in on a little secret. It hasn't changed. It sounds <laughs> I mean, like you're, Kareem, it sounds like you're loving it. Yeah. Oh, da, 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 da. I mean, you gotta, you gotta put some R&B into it though. Cause they were like, they made music videos again. This is well, the tangent really, off of yeah. the last episode where we talked about the meaty cheesy boys, but I want the ultimate cheeseburger. Girls love this. Our target is men. What's a target? 
I digress. Let's go ahead and jump Not into some of- real quick. <laughs> but before we jump in, two things. Number one, my fiance and I did sing the berries and cream song from the Starburst commercial earlier this week. Berries and cream, berries and cream. Berries and cream. Always gonna be stuck in my head. Number two, we'll also say, as of 2019, I did see you could buy VHS VHS tapes at Rite Aid. For what? What device still plays them? When who's they had them? How was you even recording? Like, what are you recording? Because there's no analog remember, signal. Remember, say, what's digital, the, digital, digital remember who goes to ride? Tennis? I mean, I know grandmothers, but like, I, I get it. I mean, well, I can record if I have two. V- I don't know if you know this, but if you have two VCRs, you can record from one to copy the tape to the other. It was such an in-depth process. It was it was it was it was science at that point. Yeah, I felt like I was on the space station. Let me tune it. Let me tune this a little bit. Let me give us some tuning. Or, no, or, or when you or when you knew a tape was going, and you were just praying that you can get through one more watch before you just saw it. Like um, you would see that like streak across the screen. You're like, oh, come on, come on, work your way through it. Work your way through it. Come out the other side. That actually ties into my first film. But please, oh, so then, uh, then you can go first. in that case, I, I think uh, segue. Uh, Hey, finally got one to go at work. <laughs> um, all right. So as I said, I'm going to put some disclaimers in front of this. I do this list 10 times. I'm going to come up with 10 different lists entirely just from us having conversation. Like, oh, that one was big for me. And that one was big mm-hmm. for me. These are the three, one from the 80s, one from the 90s, and one from the 2000s that just initially came to mind that I have distinct memories that something changed when I saw them. So all of that said, my first film from the 80s is the 1987 classic RoboCop. We get the best of both worlds. The fastest reflexes modern technology has to offer onboard computer-assisted memory and a lifetime of on-the-street law enforcement programming. It is my great pleasure to present to you RoboCop. Good. He's not a guy, he's a machine. Old Detroit has a cancer. Cancer is crime. Let the woman go, you are under arrest. You, you better back up, pal! Your move, creep. Now, Ooh. <laughs> this movie was extremely important to me for a couple of reasons. Number one, it's a robot that walks and has a gun and they made toys. (laughs) You've got me like the, keep in mind, they made toys of the R rated 1987 dystopian movie about cops being murdered and turned into cyborgs so that they could go ahead and do the bidding of evil corporations. Uh, I don't see a problem with this. Yeah. I mean, he's part man, part machine, but all cop. I mean, I'll buy that for a dollar. <laughs> Robocop uh, is is an amazing movie. I, I think it's still an amazing watch. And just how much like you know it plays on unions, it plays on uh, it, the violence at the time, the dystopia. Yeah. yeah, it's the and the mega corporations basically where you know you feel like pri- yeah. the privatization of police force, which is where we're headed right now. Anyway, they called that one pretty early. They uh, now 
I initially saw this around 1989, which is once again, way, way too early. I am eight years old, eight or nine at that point, tops. Um, my mom bought the VHS, which means we had access to it. So immediately pop that bad boy in. And I just distinctly remember being blown away about how cool it looked like more than anything like oh everything is so cool wow there's these this cyborgs fighting this robot and you know the adults are mad at each other and they're yelling that's cool oh that guy got blown up awesome and they sell four tourists in met gray exactly <laughs> get those right now well not anymore but there are and from the future mm-hmm. um and they had car alarms that would kill a man just for your, the safety of your car yeah yeah what's yeah. more hey i think if we've learned anything it's that we value property over life very much so. It depends on the life, but yeah, that's yeah, unfortunate. Yeah, that's fair. way too true. Yeah. Also, the value of that person's yeah. property. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's well, that's the thing too, is like that that at the time it didn't hit me as a kid that there were it was a it was a commentary and and it was it's was I'm trying to think there's a better word that's not coming to my mind, but it was satire, a almost. satire and yeah. condemnation of it. It was very subversive, like, oh yeah, look at this. Very much like uh Paul Verhoeven's later on Starship Troopers. Exactly. And both of them just land is just like, depending on the mindset of your as a kid, when you're watching it, like, this is just fun. Okay, cool. Yeah. And I can't wait to get the action figure that has a little a little backpack that has a clip thing that you pull down. And it yeah, snaps, it makes, and it it makes it, the sound. It was a little pop. Yeah. And, it, you know, yeah, exactly. Just like He-Man did. Yeah. Um, but that was the round caps. Right. That was the round caps. This was more of the strip. Yeah. yeah now here's yeah. my question for the toys. Did his head come? Did the helmet come off? Because I oh yeah, you toy that didn't have mine. It. Not yeah. The for mine because there was different versions. It did have a cap that would come off, and okay. many of them are lost in carpets and thing and vacuum bags. So if you try to find one online, you can usually find it. But they also like nowadays people make replacement ones that you can just put on there. <laughs> I felt like my parents went and bought the like no questions asked one because I felt like when you take the back off, it's like what's what's going on with the back of his head, Dad. Oh yeah, it's just a, <laughs> don't worry about. Yeah, that. there was there this was time a, he's all he's all robot son. Don't worry about. Yeah, it. <laughs> this is from the sequel. Just shut up and take it. Yeah, <laughs> fine. That's why it's bluer. Don't worry. Don't worry. It's good. <laughs> yeah. But and, and I think you hit the nail on the head. Like as as a kid, I just thought it was so cool. Like mm-hmm. oh, everything about this. Um, a movie I didn't. He put twirls on the list. his gun like the way yeah. he puts it away. It's like an old western. The HUD. It, it was like oh, this is like real life Transformers for me because i love transformers side note if we had done i didn't want to do animated otherwise this is yeah. a, a somewhat different list but that's another caveat for the list that we'll yeah. that we plan on when we thought about it we we're like oh well you know we could also talk about these but i'm like well i've already got my list built let's do a separate one for animated because there's a ton yeah. of animated films and that yeah. i think is gonna especially for the uh, when you're younger that hits different yes this is most definitely going to be a different conversation um it's okay. also a movie that obviously as i as we've discussed regarding the satire and the ultra violence that it's commenting on and how it's kind of hit some nail on the head on some things that I've been able to. And the ultra violence that it displays. Yes. Bottom line. Like they, they do show his hand getting blown off. Yeah. And they're a hundred percent. They were not shy. No, 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 no. They even peed on him. I'm like, come on, man. That was, that was rude. They're not, they're not nice people. I mean, also, Go also, ahead. our parents, we should question our parents for letting us watch so much stuff. Because, well, let's be honest. Did they let us watch it or did we just watch it and not tell them we were watching it? No, I watched it because I, it, movies were really big in my house. Like my stepdad and my mom, we would go to, like I said, we would go to Videoland all the time. And on Friday nights or sorry, on they had so you could rent 
you could rent movies essentially a dollar a day. Mm-hmm. But if you rented them, I want to say Saturdays, you got them for two days because they're closed on Sundays. That's so right, that's yeah. the best deal. So it's like if you wanted to, you could also do the okay, rent them on Friday and the return on them on Monday for an extra dollar. Well, then there was the, like, yeah, the mad rush to get there before the weekend or before anybody yeah. else got it. Before well, 11 a.m. Yeah. And this is also the well, this is also like the the mom and pop stuff. So they would also break street date like they get a video and put it out as soon as possible. They, they weren't blockbuster where they're like, oh, no, we're beholden to the studio. They're like, no, no, there it's right over there. Go get it. Like, it's great. Yeah. Like an old, a whiteboard that had the whole listings of what was up top and what was going to be available in the in, com- oh, incoming man, times. I also wonder if just parent sensibilities at the time have evolved, uh, obviously. A parent myself, I'm like, yeah, you know, uh, I think at a certain age, as long as I think our parents are like, if they're not just like banging it on t- on screen like a, as a porno, kid's okay to watch it. I he's mean, gonna he's gonna figure it out. And if they are, just, just cover their eyes. I mean, what about the ears? Just that was the best part. Eyes. It's all fine. <laughs> they wouldn't turn it off. They would <laughs> cover your eyes or tell you to look away. Yeah, yeah. Not not stop it. Like, oh wait, you know, what? let's reevaluate. Let's watching this. Let's. Just... I'm watching this, so you just. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Basic instincts awkward to watch. Hey, you be the parent here. Look away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know the right thing to do. Feel awkward. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> Make a choice. I'll be judging you. Uh, it, it, but yeah, it does seem like like it was anything, anything goes as long as it wasn't sex. It was fine. So, Mm -hmm. oh yeah. Robocop's got a lot of violence, but it's action. It's okay. It's just naturally fine. And it's propaganda. He's got to learn. Yeah. (laughs) And got, got to buy in sometime. Uh, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Now in terms of the way it broke there. So, you know, if anyone if you're young, you don't know really what a VHS t- tape looks like, but basically it's a big square brick that gets jammed into a machine and it's actually on tape. The movie's actually on film. If there was a, the way it worked is the front of the VHS would lift up and then the, like a transformer run. Exactly. <laughs> that front broke off on the tape. So we were always playing a game of roulette with it because if you put it away the wrong way, or the rewind button got messed up or something happened, it was toast. So now it became like a real, like, oh. Yeah, the, br- the brick was made of plastic. So just yeah. keep that in mind. And Yeah. Yeah. They weren't made for forever. No. All right. What's your next one? Uh, my next or one. Should, should we do round robin? Yeah, I say we should do yeah, round, let's round robin. Yeah. Okay, good. So cream? Uh, sure. Uh, mine is coming to America. Behold, Simi. Life. Real life, a thing that we have been denied for far too long. We're in New York now. Let us dress as New Yorkers. I feel like a complete idiot. Have either of you ever had any fast food work experience before? Certainly not. This will be our first job in the United States. I am Akeem. It's nice to meet you, Akeem. I have recently been placed in charge of garbage. That's good to know. Oh my goodness, it is you! Greetings, Your Highness. Who was that? Eddie Murphy. Just the man I met in the restroom. Arsenio Hall. Ah! In a comedy fable. Uh, good answer. Good answer. And, uh, <laughs> I don't know if it's Family Feud now. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong answer. Um, what does dumb fuck me? <laughs> yeah, for, for many reasons, this, this movie has shaped, it continues to shape the way I kind of view uh, movies. Uh, actors in movies, uh, the themes in movies, like, again, as a kid, uh, as a black kid, like seeing, uh, you know, an entire cast 
of black people in a movie was was one of the first. Like he had anywhere for you kind of ventured into, you know, he'd be like the main guy and then you'd be surrounded by a bunch of other white people or non-people of color and things like that. So uh, this entire cast was fun to watch. Everybody I thought like was funny in the movie and I wasn't even a Louis, a Louis fan. And I was like, oh, this guy's actually kind of funny in it. Uh, and this is also kind of like shaping my my sense of comedy going into um, uh, middle school, you know, at coming out of elementary, going into middle school and making that leap from, um, you know, saying farts are funny to, you know, having rhetoric and things back and forth with people. Uh, and so, again, this movie, for me, I was like, you know, so and I, and I just love watching it over and over again. Are you are you saying that Eddie Murphy took a step back with uh, the Nutty Professor, where farts became funny again? <laughs> I think he evolved a little bit, <laughs> <laughs> and I evolved with him. Like I was right there for the ride. Uh, every, every step he took, I was there for, except for Daddy Daycare. I think at some point I, I was like, "All right, the the, the adults in the room are going to talk, Eddie." <laughs> I was the adult. It's true. You um, are the, you you are he, the biggest Norbit fan around. <laughs> he did get you back with life though. Like that, that swung. That out. was amazing. That was, that was, that to me was one of his last like great, like, Oh, okay. Like we can get a good classic Eddie again. Well, and the other thing that's for tower heist, but eh. the other thing too, is that uh, again, I got to see from this movie, people's lives kind of spread out from it. And these are people that I had started following and continue to follow after the movie, which was like our singing hall, getting his own show, which was amazing. Uh, John Amos, when you know, my dad grew up watching Good Times, and so I would watch it with him and seeing him outside of that, uh, you know, super depressing show. I mean, it was a comedy, but it was, you know, there were there were many a t- yeah, there were many a times that the lights didn't come on on that show or in the house, and you're like, oh, this is really. This really sucks. Uh, uh, who else was it? Um, James um, Earl Jones. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Getting getting to kind of know him and then following him from, I think it was, did, Sandlot came out after this. Yeah, Sandlot so, was 90s. Yeah. So again, these you know, just, just people that I've like, I've seen them in this movie and now I continue to watch them grow and their, their uh, careers kind of uh, span over there. So again, I, I thought it was an amazing movie. Uh, watching as a kid, you know, it also because my parents loved it so much, I was able to kind of watch all the curse words. You know, we weren't a big family that cursed at the time a lot, um, but they would allow it because it was in the context of us all watching this family movie. And hey, it's a comedy, you know, you don't have to worry about uh, maybe the ultra violence that you would as a Robocop where your parents are like, I think my parents had a limit of how many times you could turn away before they tell you just leave because they got tired of telling you to turn <laughs> away. So if a movie was ultra violent, Robocop, maybe I could get through the first hour or so. And then they're like, okay, this, this is the worst part. That's right. I, I, I didn't make the rules, but I just think, like I said, I think they got tired of saying, look away or turn your head. They were, they get to a moment where they're like, all right, I think I'm, I feel like I'm being a bad parent. So I'm just going to send them away. <laughs> and I, I didn't mean, have, go ahead. I would say, once you got past the bathing scene, I think you were pretty good with, with coming to America. 
Like what I'm saying. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's, sorry. When you build up to it, that's why my brain was like jumping ahead. Sorry, go on. I didn't. I, I never had to worry about that in coming to America. It was always like, you know, the worst violence you had was the the uh, mop scene in the in the uh, restaurant with Samuel Jackson mm-hmm. and his. Ooh, the other than that, like, <laughs> it would be wise for you to put the weapon down. Who the fuck is this asshole? Please refrain from using any further obscenities in the presence of these people. What? I've warned you. I'll be forced to thrash you. Fuck you. You you can curse in this show. I mean, your 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 kids aren't watching. I, I didn't want to do him just like we no. disrespect. So yeah, I, you didn't I want to step I on was, his toes. I get it. No, it's, I didn't it's want fair. to invite him in. Like you just uh, you know always invite Ice T. I figured I could <laughs> ask him to be on the show next. What the fuck is this? Next time is this is this a candy man? Situation: If you say the f word five times, <laughs> it's motherfucker. It's yeah, it's I'm mf sorry, motherfucker. Yeah. yeah, the mf. But if you say it five times, he appears. Yeah, that's. Ex- I think if you say it twice, he shows up. He's pissed. But yeah, so again, this is one of those adult movies I got to watch all the way through early on as a kid. So that was mine. It's. I mean, out of everything on our list, I'd be willing to say it's definitely the most quotable. Of all the movies, the many oh. time you say coming to America, Ooh. just like 17 lines pop into my head. I know there's a case for the others, but for me, looking at our three lists, I would say coming to America is probably the one outside of I'll buy that for a dollar. And can you fly, Bobby, is the one I quote <laughs> the most. <laughs> yeah, bitches leave. I don't no. Know. <laughs> no, no, that's fair. I don't know how I, I can't that's... believe I, I can't believe I forgot. I like it. <laughs> well, yeah, I like it. My the one that I was, it's also quoted in Scrubs, and that's why it's like it plays on in other media that then bring me back to that. You but as get, far as you know, oh, you got to get his tone, bitches leave. Yeah, <laughs> that's this, and again, that's why I love our our show because then Creams is gonna be like, boom, Scrubs episode. Exactly. Uh, we ain't found shit. Um, Basically, yeah. The it's, it's definitely it, it's definitely quotable. And I mean, it's, I, for some of our listeners who might not know, I grew up in a mixed household. So my stepdad was black and my mom was white. Um, and so in the in weird way, I mean, not a weird way, but it, like we had a, a photo of Martin Luther King on the wall. So they, there was definitely a nod towards inclusion before that was a big word, but definitely of, you know what, this is this can be for everyone. And so we watched a lot of what I would learn later on were black films, but I just took them as films like this is just I loved uh, Beverly Hills Cop one and two. We had Beverly Hills Cop two on VHS, so I watched that one a lot. I like. I think I watched it, Beverly Hills Cop one after seeing Beverly Hills Cop two. Like I didn't know about it. Um, Forty eight hours, another one. Like Eddie Murphy was a staple in our household. My dad would watch Eddie Murphy raw, and I for some reason I was allowed to stay in the room. So that's you know calls into question some of his parenting skills. But let's discuss that <laughs> another time. Club man. I- I stopped. I ain't dancing long because I just had a fight recently, and I said I ain't dancing. I went to clubs. You get in the lot. People get drunk, go to clubs and stuff. Fight. I had a fight with an Italian dude right after around time Rocky came out. Italian white people. Period. Y'all go crazy after y'all see a Rocky movie because y'all believe that shit. Because the movies are so emotional and so real. You sit there and go like, Hey, this is real. Yeah, and Stallone have y'all white people pumped, especially Italians. After Italians see Rocky, they come out the movie theater. They be like. Italians are funny people because they act like niggas. It's real funny. <laughs> they do. They hold their dick more than us to be standing around with. Get the fuck out of here. 
Um, I thought leather yeah, jumpsuit. He's, he's, was he's sitting there having a beer with my dad. Is basically what he was. Yeah, doing. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> or it's like it's like oh, it's it's if I happen to be in the kitchen watching. I wasn't necessarily in the living room, so like he's like ah, I'm not watching him. He's not, you know. But this movie was great. By the way, I can't believe you didn't mention uh, Eric Lasalle. Like, come on, that's. He's what well, I, I didn't follow him in, in his career into what was it ER? I think it was ER and stuff. Yeah, but still he yeah. was like he was oh he's like, amazing. You yeah. like I you saw him, you recognized him. He was he yeah. was a soul glow guy. Like you couldn't like that was well and to your and to your point about inclusion, this is one of the other things I when I'm watching a movie, it didn't seem like it was at least I I guess I didn't recognize it as like being ham fisted or being, you know, kind of thrusted upon you. It just to me, every every character in there felt natural and it wasn't like Oh, we needed to we need to have this quota of people in it. It was just they were they were in the Queen's area at the time before I guess gentrification became a big thing. So this is what you would see there. Yeah, and there's and there's Louis Anderson because of course why you'd have one. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, but like Louis nailed it. Yeah, and have. there's also there's also a discussion too where you can also have like okay, well you also have you have. And I put this in quotations for the world, but you have black Americans and then you have these new yes. African um, transplants or Im- immigrants. I don't know how what they would qualify as because they're, they're, they're immigrants. Ex- technically. They're exchange students, as they say. Um, I think <laughs> they were just they were just downright lying at that point. <laughs> yeah, true. It, it's one of the most interesting things in that film when you look at it as an adult, like, the oh, dichotomy. That, yeah, that like, oh, and there is racism playing out yet again and it's just the well there's a hierarchy Mm -hmm. every time yep well then definitely too even you have that with um the owner of mcdowell's down to he's like oh no daryl's a good guy but akeem he's he's good as as one Mm -hmm. of our workers but you know we are well off and like there is a status there and then of course that's when you throw in the at the end of like oh wait he has his own money like (laughs) that's (laughs) the boy's got his own money <laughs> uh, that this yeah the movie's also great reference that it has um the Mortimer and oh from uh, uh was it one, places one of the initial yeah. extended universes yeah exactly and, like, the start of it we're back. Back. yeah the, yeah and it's like just the just this this movie was definitely Mortimer. formative you had so many different people who I'm not went talking on. to you <laughs> now Mortimer Look. wake up <laughs> now just to remember he. When didn't wasn't there a lawsuit that somebody said Eddie stole the movie idea? Yeah. Okay. I, I think that that and I feel like that's one of those like it's not an urban legend because it's an actual fact, but I feel like it's one of those things that keeps reoccurring every decade or so where like mm-hmm. it makes headlines and news. Like I feel like recently, uh maybe it's just because they did a sequel that the news about that came up again about a guy who said that uh, Eddie took it from him. And yeah, I mean, I wish if it if it is true, I hope you know this guy gets his money because. I don't think it. I don't think it would have landed any other way without mm-hmm. this cast, without the timing that it came in, without the way it was done. So, I don't condone stealing, but I do appreciate the way the final product that we got. <laughs> yeah, if it happened. If that makes hope sense, he gets paid. Yeah. Either way, this is fantastic. Exactly. Yeah. What do you got, Ken? Oh, is my we're we're leaving coming to America? I don't I don't want to. It's so well. We got so many other movies. I'm happy to be here in Zamunda. Like this was this was great. (laughs) Hanging out with King Joffy Jofer. But I feel like our next one you're gonna you're gonna want to talk about. Yeah, Yeah. I mean it's without a doubt. I mean, so this is one where it's like it landed in such a specific time, and it 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 became more than just the movie. 
And my the first on my list for formative movies is Ghostbusters, 1984. Hello, Ghostbusters. They're real. You do? You have? They're here. <laughs> They catch the ghost that won't stay dead. Given when it was cut, when it premiered, I was all of three. But between the movie and then the subsequent cartoon and then the subsequent sequel and everything that that was in those that time period and just built out over the years, I remember having the proton pack. I remember having just like playing with all the toys and stuff like that. So all there was that aspect of it, too. But also then bill murray's sense of humor and that sarcasm and there's an interesting kind of uh circularness with so bill murray's character ends up being uh going into the cartoon um and that's voiced by uh, lorenzo music and then lorenzo music also voices garfield and so it's they both have this sense of like just just sarcasm and just and that's i'm trying to think of more words that are better than that but it has that sarcastic wit that just kind of lands for me as a young adult or as a as a kid and then follows me throughout my sense of humor also like at some point we'll do we'll cover tv shows that were formative and mash is on there and that's hawkeye pierce like that type of character who's just like oh no like they're they at times are just they're just there to punch back against the the authority figure like no i'm, I'm gonna question you walter peck you disgust me. That's right, Frank. I disgust you with everyone I know. They all think you're disgusting. And like just that entire back and forth with when, he, when Walter Peck comes into the the firehouse the first time, and even even his 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 when he they're talking to the dean and they're getting kicked out of the school, like that the fire that Bill Murray brings, but also then you do have the straight laced um, Harold Ramis and his, and his just kind of like, no, you know, I, I collect spores, molds and fungus and Ray. And like, he's, he's like the lovable one. And then you've got Winston. Who's like, if, if there's a steady paycheck and I believe in a thing you want. And I'm like, there's definitely that <laughs> aspect that still informs me to this day. Yeah. I mean, you're going to pay me. Hello. Like I'm here for this. And believe in UFOs, astral projections, mental telepathy, ESP, clairvoyance, spirit photography, telekinetic movement, full trance mediums, the Loch Ness Monster, and the theory of Atlantis. Uh, if there's a steady paycheck in it, I'll believe anything you say. Like yeah, those, I... those characters and archetypes, of course, get, get played out again and again, like we see with any type of media, you, with teams and stuff like that, you have a lot of like archetypical characters, but Peter Venkman, that sarcasm, that was key to that fundamental building of Ken. And then, of course, you have this the uh, paranormal aspects of it and just kind of like, oh, we're going to try and build in some lore and like research. And then especially with the cartoons, they brought in Sam Hain and different different real world myths and legends to try and like build out that that world. And it was really fun. No, I mean, I I'm with you on all of that. Like uh, I was just, I remember watching aside from being hopped up on Ecto Cooler. Uh, there were two other things that kind of stood out to me uh, watching as a child was I started developing a crush for Sigourney Weaver and it mm. kind of plays into like alien and all the other movies that she does uh, subsequently. And two, um, it was the good sci-fi poltergeist movies from these that I, I could watch and enjoy versus like actual poltergeist, which terrified me at the time. They're here. 
So I, I got a, a taste for like, you know, uh, like you said, the paranormal in a very cool, fun way and got, got broken out uh, as a child or introduced to, well, this is, you know, science fiction and it can be fun. It can be played with. It can be done in a great way. Uh, not the super scary one from, you know, the girl going into the TV. <laughs> They're here. Yeah. You didn't yeah. yeah. <laughs> so and good. also, I mean, and I mean, and as far as like hooks go too, like they've got that theme song that was stolen, but was still fantastic from uh, yeah. like it's like <laughs> the, it got you like you you start hearing it and you're like who are you gonna call like it just it's it's a call and response that just works and you that song gets you and throughout the entire movie they have just it's again and uh, as in mo- a lot of media that pl- it's plays well because it's based in new york for me and so it's like you have different things that are like oh no that's a new york feel and it's like, could it be set in any other city? Probably not, especially when you start to play on, you start to get into the sequels and other content. And it's got a, just a, a, which I mean, to me, New York equals sarcasm. I don't know if that's equated around the world or just me and my head and my, my I head think the, I think the French would have something to say about that. That's fair. That's that's <laughs> definitely, I, okay. Then, then as far as the U.S. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, the other um, thing I, the other thing I liked about it too, was that this is my first, my first pre 9-11 citywide catastrophe movie, so to speak, at, at, at this age. Like, you know, everything yeah. I had watched was kind of centered around uh, individuals going through very small, like very localized uh, action sequences or incidences. Like even in Lethal Weapon, it was like, you know, it was across the city, but it wasn't like a big, like the entire city wasn't at, at stake as it was. This is the biggest stakes that we you had seen right. in a movie up to this point. Kind exactly. Of. Yeah. I mean, I think, Ken, I think everything you've said, both of you, is 100% correct. Like, just everything hit just right. It's a fun film. It's very entertaining. Each character trope, you know, each kind of character, um, I, I, for, I cannot think of the word right now, but each character hits correctly and has their own lane. There are parts as you get older, though, and you watch, I know I, uh, I pause a lot, like, wait a minute. why do we hit back again he's just yeah he's just oh this is very libertarian i did not expect that now watching (laughs) in hindsight oh yeah there's showing up with the with the drug with you know questionable to to the date like wait why do you have that with you that's i never i never why don't you have that with you understood what you know 40 milligrams or 40 cc's of uh xy i'm trying to oh i I know i know the line yeah but it's like I never realized as a kid, like, oh, he he, why would he have that? Like, I'm like, oh, he's a doctor, whatever. Yeah, he's, no, he's like, oh, he's a doctor. Of course, he has that. And yeah, I was like, wait a minute, he has a doctor in parapsychology and and psychology. That makes yeah. it. Why wouldn't he? He can write scripts for sure. Yeah, <laughs> and so it's like there's like that that but like the that's another thing too is like having the as we were saying before recorded off of TV. There wasn't the ghost blowjob in the middle with Ray. Oh, like yeah, my, like I just I had the you mean, you mean the whole TV. reason for this movie being made? Yeah, <laughs> I had the made for TV edit, so it's like I didn't like that that part missed me as a kid, and like I I like oh when I watched it on later on, I'm like oh that's I don't remember the scene too. Oh, yeah. Okay, this yeah. is different. <laughs> um, it also I will say ha- in terms of saying like New York equals sarcasm, it does have one of the greatest sarcastic comebacks of all time, which is yes, it's true. This man has no dick. And that is just, <laughs> you're not going to beat that line in terms of just the delivery, the is zinger amazing. and the return. Yeah. 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 No, I mean, another excellent choice. 
Yeah. And it's like, there's, there's so many different things. Like, and I mean, I think too, we didn't touch on too much on your guys's, but also music on yours. Like there are certain needle yeah. drops, like, or just like the, the, the underlying theme of Robocops that plays that just like, oh yeah, he's, he's going, he's going to go kick some ass it, or the different stuff that's happening in coming to America, the, the drums that they play, like you hear yeah. that and you're like, wait, someone's watching coming to America. I, I can hear it yeah. over the, the next door neighbors listening to that. Okay, cool. I'm, well, I'm, I'm aboard for this. And as we've talked about with music and, and like movies and things like that. Oh, shit. Well, that. <laughs> so it, it definitely, you can see kind of the path where, oh, and now I like soundtracks. Oh, well, the reason, like, this is this is why. Because of those much so, yeah. formative movies where that music just sticks with you. So, Yeah, because then you can associate uh, not only just the movie itself and the scenes, but, you know, what you were doing at the time. Uh, the memories you were you're forming at that moment and you kind of bring those with you every time you hear that song or every time you can listen to that single or whatnot yeah and like I, when i hear like the boys are back in town there's like i just start hearing the, those those keys yeah. and like, I'm, I'm energized or <clears throat> cleaning up the town like i i hear that and i'm just like i it's the the ecto one is pulling peeling around the corner like i'm right back there 